You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. This talk show airs live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively on Internet radio station octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we here at the station and the show encourage you to consider listening to the program live during our broadcast time. This show is brought to you by Commerce National succession strategies the goal for this show is to help expose you our listening audience to some of the many worthy nonprofit organizations operating here in southern california if you'd like to join in the conversation today during the show and you are listening to us live then find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website log in with your twitter handle This will bring you to Paul Roberts, who is our producer for today's program. You will be conversing with Paul. He's just on the other side of the glass here for me. He'll be able to bring your thoughts, ideas, and questions to my attention. And possibly I can work them into one of the two guests that we have scheduled today on the Nonprofit Show. Later today, Andrea is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about the nonprofit she started, We Rock. And before we get to that, we're going to be talking about the Delhi Center with Armando De la Libertad. Armando, welcome to Critical Mass Nonprofit. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Let's begin by asking you to talk to our audience a little bit about you, your experience, and sort of your path to your current organization. Uh, sure. Well, uh, thank you again for, for having me today. Uh, my path is, is a, a meandering path to the nonprofit sector, really. Um, I am actually a civil engineer by training, uh, and I uh, studied civil engineering at UC Berkeley, uh, uh, followed that by a a degree in public policy uh, from the Kennedy School of Government, and uh, found myself uh, upon graduation uh, working as a civil engineer for the U.S. State Department, uh, but eventually uh, uh, worked for a... a, um, member of Congress here in Orange County, and uh, found my way over to Wells Fargo. I, I've spent uh, 11 years in the in the banking sector, and so uh, I'm really a, a kind of a private sector um, uh, professional, and a couple of years ago decided to take on the challenge of, of uh, serving as a nonprofit uh, director, and so I'm now the CEO of the Doha Center, and I've been in that capacity for uh, just about two years now. Okay, so let, let's talk about the Delhi Center. Uh, I'd like to understand from you the organization's mission, a little bit about its history, and sort of take us back to the beginning and why it was started and founded. Sure. Well, the mission of the organization is really focused on self-sufficiency. Uh, we, we provide programs and services focused on self-sufficiency through four program areas. Uh, our four program areas include health, financial stability, education, and community engagement. And so uh, we perform all, all of our, our work and, and provide programs and services at our uh, facility, which is in the southern portion of 
Santa Ana uh, within a 27,000 square foot uh, community center, and so it's a it's a beautiful community center that's that uh, that has been constr- that was constructed about 11 years ago. Uh, and we do all of our work, or most of our work, I should say, through partnership. And so we have a staff of, of currently uh, 19, uh, but we really have a, a much larger team than that because we heavily rely on 70, up to 70 volunteers, and we have partnerships with about 30 different uh, other agencies throughout the county. Uh, we see roughly 30, uh, well, our current count is 32,000 uh, individuals per year at our center, and uh, and we think we're actually uh, we're actually um, going to be surpassing that number this year. And now, help me, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to maybe take you a level deeper, Armando. If you could share with us, sort of in those four areas, what type of programs do you offer? Well, in those. Within those four areas, we have all all kinds of uh, programs. Uh, within education, for example, we really actually uh, touch practically every age group in, in terms of our community impact. And so we have a preschool on site, uh, for example, that serves about 180 students uh, per year. Um, we have an after-school program focusing on, on STEM education, science, technology, and mathematics. It's called our mathletics, mathletics program. And that is an after-school program for elementary school students. We also have a science program uh, for high school students and a a Saturday Academy of Law in partnership with UC Irvine for high school students, Uh, computer classes for adults as well as English classes for adults, ESL uh, 1, 2, and 3. Um, So we have a whole lot of of activity within our four program areas, and that was just education as, as an example. The organization get started. Well, the organization's actually 43 years old, so it's been around for a while. Uh, it started really as a, a a a an effort out of a uh, a group uh, uh, related to a local church. We within our neighborhood, we actually have a a church on one of the um, nearby uh, street corners, and that church. Uh, started a committee to serve the community. Uh, it uh, started as a, an organization that provided uh, food, uh, a food pantry uh, for, um, for individuals and focused quite a bit on farm workers at the time. Uh, the organization eventually uh, uh, secured a, a piece of land and had about a $3,000 a month budget for a, a, a long time. Uh, we're, we're much larger than the, that now, um, and we don't have uh, direct uh, formal affiliations with, with the church, although uh, they're one of our many community partners in, in the local area and the local neighborhood. Where does the funding for your organization come from? Well, we are a, a nonprofit 501c3 organization, and so um, like like many other nonprofits, we, we're hustling all the time to find our our, uh, uh, f- the financial support that we need. Uh, we apply for grants with foundations and, and corporate uh, uh, entities. Uh, we also uh, have diversified our revenue streams quite a bit over the last couple of years by, um, by having, for example, a, a partnership with a vending machine company. We, we have a healthy food vending machine on site. Uh, we also 
um, actually uh, open up our facility, the community, for community events and trainings and conferences and wedding receptions, et cetera, uh, and, and that's an important revenue source for us. Uh, we also have a, a contract with the County of Orange for some case management work uh, to serve individuals in the health, within our health program area. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we're, we're pretty creative as to how we, we secure our support, but really it's individual donors, corporate donors, foundations, uh, and some of our own internal social enterprise activities. Final question before we take our first sponsorship break here on the show, Armando. I, I'm really curious when you made the transition from the non from the for-profit world, Wells Fargo, et cetera, into the nonprofit arena as a leader of an organization. Can you think back and maybe share with our audience, was there a aha moment or a learning that you had to go through or maybe even a change of your frame of reference? relative to being an effective leader in a nonprofit organization versus the success that you had in the for-profit world? Well, I've absolutely learned a significant amount. There are a lot of similarities uh, for certain between the for-profit sector and the nonprofit sector. Um, you know, it's, in both cases, it's important to focus on the bottom line, to focus on efficiencies, to uh, focus on, on community impact or your product. Um, uh, but uh, one of the learnings that I, I uh, uh, acquired along the way is the, the difference between having a customer within the for-profit sector that you're not only serving but also uh, uh, collecting revenue from um, versus in the nonprofit sector, uh, you know, acquiring your revenue from, from one source to serve your, cu your customer, which is not necessarily that that same entity. And so in, in some ways, the nonprofit sector is more complex in the, in the sense that you have different constituencies. Your customer is not necessarily where you're obtaining your revenue from, uh, you know, the, the, the source of your revenue, whereas in, a, in the for-profit sector, that is the case. And so um, having to really uh, adjust my, my thinking in that, that way was, was really critical to our success over the last couple of years. And I have to ask you before we do take a break to explain the, the name of your organization, Delhi Center. Can you share with our audience the history of that name? The history of the name, the Delhi Center. Yes, please. Sure. Well, uh, it's it's the name Delhi arrives uh, or originates from a borough in New York uh, in the late 1800s. There was a. a some brothers from a New York uh, borough that moved into the area and uh, simply named the neighborhood uh, Delhi. And so everything in this, in this area, in this part of the city of Santa Ana, um, is, is named Delhi. There's a Delhi Neighborhood Association. Uh, there's even a, a Delhi gang that's had some notoriety over the years, um, and, and thus the Delhi, uh, the Delhi Center. Excellent. We're going to take our first sponsorship break, Armando. When I come back, we're going to ask you to talk about, of all the lessons in business, uh, for-profit and non-profit, that you've learned in your, in your time, have you developed a guiding principle? And if so, would you be able to share that guiding principle with our audience? So be thinking about that. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back for Armando's answer to that question and others. But first, let's spend a few minutes with a couple of our sponsors.
Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. You know, this show is one in a series of Critical Mass radio shows. On Tuesday, we air our original show, Critical Mass Radio Show, which is focused on business executives here in Orange County, California. As you know, because you're listening to it, on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. is our nonprofit show. And on Thursdays at 3 p.m., our nationally syndicated show by the name of Critical Mass Coast Coast features small and mid-market business leaders from across the country. All three shows can be heard live here on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and the other podcasting services that we use. All shows can be found also from our website, which is, as you heard just earlier, criticalmassforbusiness.com. Okay, I'd like to return to our guest, Armando. Armando, you had a little bit of chance to think about your guiding principle, or at least the way we refer to it here on Critical Mass as your guiding principle. I wonder if you would share that with our audience. Well, I would, I would love to. Um, my guiding principle is pretty simple, which is everything is important. And what I mean by that is that uh, in, in the community that we serve, there are many, many needs. There are education-related needs and health needs, and, and they're all interrelated. And so a young student you know, might have trouble studying, for example, or paying attention in class if uh, the student is suffering from a, from a, a toothache or some other kind of health ailment. Um, and so we try to take a, a, uh, a comprehensive approach here in, tr- in serving our families. We try to impact the copy or the uh, pocketbook through um, uh, 
job-related uh, services, job placement, job preparation, um, housing conditions. We, uh, we focus on the housing conditions of our families. Uh, we focus on their health uh, through case management programs. Uh, we focus on whatever academic needs they might have, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so we, we try to look at the individual and the family and the neighborhood uh, as a uh, a client that has uh, that that may have multiple needs, and and so we try to we try to tackle things from a more kind of big picture um, approach in in that sense. And, and what have you seen relative to the impact of the recession on the on your clients, on the people that you're helping in your community? Well, there's definitely been an impact. Uh, there, there are many ways to describe what we see, um, but some simple, you know, some straightforward observations, for example, are that uh, our food pantry, which provides free food to, to those that are in need, uh, that are hungry, um, our food pantry lines, you know, are, uh, are very long. Um, if you are familiar with our area, uh, all I have to share really is that uh, the lines go from our front door all the way to the park to the playground, and and it's it's a it's a lengthy distance. Um, so that's one impact. Uh, the number of foreclosures in the area has been very high. Um, there are all, there are all sorts of, uh, of impacts as a result of that that affect families in different ways. Um, so we've definitely seen uh, seen the impact uh, on the, the pocketbooks of, of our clients and um, on stress levels on on employment, aspirations, et cetera. I, I'm, I know that in October you have an event, and I'm, I'm wondering if you would be, um, if you would talked a little bit about upcoming events. Part of why we do Critical Mass Nonprofit Show is to help to expand awareness in the community for organizations such as yours. And, and I, my, my direct experience is many times when you have community events, and events designed to bring in um, your donor base and also the people that support your cause and believe in your mission. It's a great chance for new people, people who maybe haven't had a chance to personally connect with your charity to have the opportunity to learn more about it. I'm just wondering what in October you might have going on that, uh, or in the fall that would help the community to learn more about Dell High Center. Thank you. Well, it's, it's perfect timing for us that uh, you mentioned this because we do have our annual uh, event coming up on October 26th. It's called Zocalo, which is in many Latin American countries uh, the town square. It's a place where people gather and socialize. And, uh, and so Zocalo has been that for, for our community um, here in the Delhi neighborhood. Uh, it's on October 26th at 6 p.m. And it's really a celebration um, all of the proceeds of the event support our various programs. I, I described some of those. Uh, it's a fun event well, that includes music and, and dancing and food. Uh, there will be a presentation this year uh, given by the editor of the OC Weekly, who has recently released a book called Taco USA, which will talk about uh, the impact of, of Mexican and Latin American food on the culture in the United States. Uh, we expect about 300 people, and uh, tickets are available for a, a mere $50. Uh, we're also seeking, of course, uh, business uh, sponsorships, and, and tables of 10 start at uh, $500. 
And if people would like to go to the event, what, what, what would they what would they experience? Help help us sell it a little bit harder for me, Armando. What what would they be seeing when they go, and what would what would the richness of the experience be? Sure. Well, our event is unique in that the the level of formality is 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 much lower, let's say, than your typical annual gala. Um, it's it's a a celebration that includes a culture and music and great food. Uh, there will be a very controlled tequila tasting. Um, <laughs> there, will, there will be some cultural vendor booths. Um, just a great, fun time for uh, for attendees. Um, cultural dress is appreciated but not required, and uh, and it, it, there will really be kind of a a, a Zocalo Latin American Zocalo type uh, of, of feeling and energy in the uh, in the center that evening. Great. We're, I'm going to ask you for your um, online presence, your website, in a minute. But before we get there, I, my last question for you today, Armando, is where do you see, as the executive director, where do you see the organization moving in the future? What's your growth strategy and plan for Delhi Center? Well, uh, in the future, I, I think we, as an organization, uh, we, like many businesses, in America today are really focusing on long-term sustainability. Um, and so we're, we're really focusing on efficiencies and on uh, expense control and on maximizing our impact. Um, we have a lot of you know, various uh, creative strategies to, to move in that direction. For example, we're, tr- we're trying to uh, uh, bring down costs by using solar energy within our facility. Um, and, uh, and we're also looking at the relevance of our programs. We're considering those things at all times. Uh, you know, in America today, uh, two of the biggest issues that are, that are uh, out there in the community include jobs and housing. And so we're, we're trying to uh, see how we can help meet some of the needs in those areas um, and also contribute really to the future of America by um, lessening our energy dependence, um, and being smart about that, as well as uh, focusing on broadband access to uh, have a positive impact on the economy. These are some of these are very foundational needs and concerns. I'm sure you, the people you're supporting, and maybe some of the people that are listening to this program either today live or as a podcast off of iTunes in the future, take many of the many of those things for granted, like high speed internet. But imagine not having access to that as you know as a part of how you function. It, it, it we become very dependent on it, and it's important to be able to provide that because it opens up economic opportunities to people as well as educational opportunities. Those are those are great activities, Armando, and I applaud you and your organization for the work you're doing in our community. How does someone find out more about Delhi Center? What's your website? Our website is delhicenter.org. Delhi being spelled D-E-L-H-I. I want to thank you for giving of your time to be a guest on the radio program. Thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community. I wish great success with your October 26th event, and I look forward to having you on the program in the future. Thank you. It was great to be here. Have a good day. You too. Critical Mass Nonprofit Show was started earlier this year in 2000. 2000-
2012 because of the need that came to my attention by virtue of an article in the Orange County that's about the number of nonprofits in Orange County. And if I'm quoting the statistic right, it's well over 3,000. I could not think of 3,000 nonprofits. I couldn't even think of more than maybe 10, you know, just off the top of my head, not why, my goodness. Um, these organizations are in place because they're serving a need that the founder saw. And how can we help them here with the team at Critical Mass for Business to try to spread the word? And so each time we have a uh, episode of Critical Mass Nonprofit, our goal is to help to expose our listening audience to organizations that maybe, just maybe, you'll get connected to because of their mission vision, and purpose that you previously hadn't been aware of. And so if you do the, if that happens, I feel very gratified. would love to know about it. And if you could tell your friends about our radio show so that they can uh, listen and learn as well, I would consider that a, an honor. So thank you very much. Okay, we're going to take a break and step away from the program. And uh, we're going to come back with our second guest. But we're going to spend a little bit of time with a couple of our sponsors. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Nonprofit Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you haven't had an opportunity to see our newest installment of our media division within Critical Mass for Business, it is Critical Mass TV Show. Please go to our website, www.criticalmassforbusiness.com, where you'll find a link to the, to the shows. And each show is an interview with some of the most interesting CEOs and business owners and executives here in Orange County. All right, let's turn our attention to our second guest for today's show, Andrea Coyman. Andrea came to my attention through a mutual friend. Um, I have to say in a spirit of full disclosure that after the show today, I am going to put on my running shoes and I'm going to go out in my backyard and I have an elliptical and I'm going to do a little bit of uh, cross training and working out. I'm just 
I had to say that because I know that's so close to what you do, Andrea, that get people to move into Ron that I, I wanted people to know that I'm not going to be sedentary, that I'm motivated just by the fact that you're on our program today. Welcome good, to the show. Good, good. Thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about you. So give us a bit about your background and um, tell us about We Rock, why you started it, and kind of a little bit of a history lesson here about your organization. Sure. Well, We Rock stands for We Run Orange County's Kids. And the short of it is that we are a youth marathon training program. We're a 501c3 nonprofit here in Orange County. And our goals and objectives are to train kids uh, the community teenagers, important life skills uh, like goal setting, self-reliance, discipline, and self-confidence through the, the delivery of training for the marathon. We actually run the Orange County Marathon event in May. must be very disciplined to be able to successfully complete a marathon, and the training regiment required to be in condition to run a marathon because you can't just get off the couch, people and go, okay, I think I'll go run 26-plus miles today. So, no. Um, it's a, a seven-month training program. We, in fact, just had our kickoff of the program this past Monday, so this is our first week of training. And we start the children off with one mile, simply one mile. Our program is non-competitive, so we actually encourage them to walk. And the requirement is forward motion, and they have to maintain a 16-minute-per-mile pace or faster. And if anyone's ever gone out and timed a mile – 16-minute-per-mile pace is a walk. You can, you can walk the entire marathon. And if you do so, if you choose to do that, you would finish in seven hours. Most of the kids don't do it that way. However, if, if they wanted to, it's definitely uh, there at their disposal to walk the marathon. Even walking that distance requires training, right, Andrea? You're just not going to get up, put on, lace up your tennis shoes and hit the course without... No, I wouldn't training. recommend it at all. Um, that's why our program is seven months long. We, we actually train them directly after school. So what's unique about our program versus other sporting programs that are out there is that we work directly with the school campus, and as soon as the child is out of their sixth-period class or whatever their final class is for the day, they come back to the PE area, they change out into their clothes, and we're there for them three days a week right after school, and we train right there from the school campus. Then we meet on the weekends on Saturday, and that's when we do our really, you know, our hard work. That's when we build in the mileage, and it takes us seven months to get there because we build up in mileage, and then we taper back to allow the body some time to recover. Then we build back up, and we taper back. So we really want to give them the opportunity to feel confident in the distance, to train with the distance. We, we practice uh, fueling. You know, there's a lot to do with nutrition and hydration. You, you can't just go out there with nothing and think that you're going to go that distance. You have to continue to feed your body as you go that distance. So we, we do that as we train. What is the longest distance you have the students run before they run the Orange County Marathon? We take the kids all the way up to 22 miles in training. And, um, you know, like I said, we, we build them up and then we taper them back. So we don't even hit 22 miles until approximately three weeks before the event. What was the inspiration for this? You know, I've always been a runner my entire life. As a, as a young child, my brother was in the Air Force. And when he would come back, uh, you know, from being gone, 
he would say, hey, Andrea, do you want to go run with me? So I had this great memory of being out with my big brother and hearing his stories as we were running together. So I always loved to do it just for clearing my mind. And then as I went on to high school, I ran in high school, and I just continued it for physical fitness. And I always had it on the bucket list. You know, everyone talks about what they want to do before they die. And so I said, I would like to run a marathon at some point. And I, I ran my first marathon, and when I crossed the finish line, something literally changed. I felt invincible. I felt like I had superpowers. Yes, my muscles were sore and I was tired, but I felt just like the world looked different and it was majestic and beautiful. And in doing my first marathon, I ended up running my second marathon only a couple months later. And my son was there and he jumped in and at that time he was only in fifth grade. And it was the LA Marathon and he jumped in and he ran the final mile with me. Now, when he ran that final mile, he saw kids crossing the finish line that were similar in age to him, and he was so moved by the experience, he told me, he said, Mom, I want to run a marathon too, but I'd like to run it with you. Well, it just so happens that at his middle school, when he entered sixth grade, they had an amazing program on their campus called Students Run Los Angeles, otherwise known as SRLA, and they were looking for a coach. Now, I had already finished two marathons. I was getting ready to then to run my third marathon, and I volunteered to coach. And that first year, as he was in sixth grade, I coached and ran alongside him and coached a team of, of kids at a, a local middle school here. And it was such a moving experience to watch them grow over the course of that six months to train and to grow. I mean, we kind of trick them. They're running a marathon, but really the life lessons are so much greater than about physical fitness. And so in doing that and working with SRLA, the program was amazing, but they grew so large and funding being what it is, they had to find ways to cut the program back. And so they said we can no longer allow any more Orange County schools into the program. Now, I, I couldn't have that. There are so many schools here in Orange County that could be positively impacted by a program like this. I sat down with them and I said, what would you do if I were to take the torch, so to speak, and run with it down in Orange County? And they said, we've been waiting for someone to do it, and that's how We Rock was born. Wow. And how many schools do you work with? Currently, we're on three school campuses. We're just starting our fourth year as a nonprofit, so we're fairly new. Um, we are farming one more school at this time, so you know, hopefully we'll have four in the process. And currently, we take approximately 100 kids per year across the marathon finish line. And tell us what that's like when you're there with the students who have trained for seven months and they cross that finish line, what do you see in them? You know, oh my gosh, it, I, there's, it's almost impossible to describe in words because it is, it's like magic. I mean, it's, it's the closest thing to heaven you would experience here on earth. They, they cross the finish line and the smile on their face is just, they're beaming ear to ear. This year, when we ran the marathon, it was during the time of the supermoon, you know, the, the big supermoon, and I said, gosh, you know, they are shining brighter than any supermoon could ever shine. It was, it's just that, that amazing. And for days, for weeks, for months after, they talk about it. And for years after, no one can ever take away that marathon finish. I mean, they own that. They own those bragging rights for the rest of their life. And trust me, they do. They brag about it. <laughs> And we want them to. So it's just such an amazing growing experience 
I encourage everybody in their lifetime to run a marathon. Because the, the preparation that you have to put into it is not just physical, right? It is developing your mind to enable yourself to spend five, six, whatever hours running. Absolutely. It's, it's more mental than it is physical, and that's what we start to train them very early on is you need to come out every day with the mindset that today is going to be the best run of your life. And if you come into it one day saying, oh, it's going to be horrible and this could be the worst run and I don't want to do this, then guess what? You, your body's going to react to what your mind's telling it. And, you know, there's this great quote by John Bingham, and it says, the miracle isn't that I finished. It's that I had the courage to start. And that's something that I really embrace with We Rock because just them showing up at that very first practice and making their way along that first mile speaks leaps and bounds because conceptually somehow they decided to show up to practice and start thinking to entertain the idea that they could go all at once 26.2 miles. That's huge. When you first meet with them with the introduction, maybe the, the chance to expose them to the idea to participate in this program, I mean, at their young age, do they really even connect with, I'm, good, I'm training to run 26 miles? I mean, do they fully appreciate the, what they're about to set off to be able to do? I think some of them do. I think most of them don't. I think that, uh, you know, they come out and they, they've heard about it and they think it's cool. I mean, that's really far and they've seen their friends, you know, come in with shirts and medals and, you know, that part's really exciting. Um, when we really get into the training is when it starts becoming real. But the way the training progresses, the buildup and then the taper, you know, once they get to that half marathon mark and they realize, God, you know, that really wasn't as hard as I had it in my mind to begin with, that really fuels them to continue to move forward. I've trained kids and I've trained adults, and I'll tell you what, training the kids is much easier. Hmm. <laughs> much easier. Why? You know, the adults come up with excuses and reasons not to do it all the time. Life is hectic. Things are busy. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to make time? I have this carpool, and I have work. And, you know, the fact is, is if you want something, and if you want it bad enough, you're going to figure out a way to have it. And these kids are lucky enough that we have a designated time directly after school, which in, in many cases is very convenient for the parents because they have somewhere to go directly after school. So we take that part, the excuse, out of it. Plus, if you have your parent dropping you off on a Saturday practice and we're doing 18 miles, they're not coming to pick you up until you're done with 18 miles, you're probably going to go finish 18 miles. Right. We're going to take our third and final break, uh, Andrea, and then when we come back, I wonder if you could share with us a current challenge facing We Rock and how the, organ how the community might help you or the kind of help and plans that you're putting into place to overcome that challenge facing your organization. So stay Wonderful. tuned, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry? Oh, I said great. I'll do that. Okay. We'll be right back after we spend just a few minutes with our sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business -business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www. 
sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Nonprofit. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Andrea Coyman is our guest, and we're talking about the organization that she started, We Rock. And before the break, we said we we're going to ask you to share a little bit about a current challenge and how the community might be able to help you or what you're doing within the organization to address that challenge. Great. Well, thank you. Like any nonprofit, currently funding is an issue. As you know, many major corporations have pulled back in, in what they will fund. Everyone has different um, allocations, and sometimes with our season beginning in September, sometimes we slightly miss the mark in terms of those uh, those numbers. So obviously, if anyone ever wants to make a donation to the program, um, you can directly sponsor a child on a school campus. Otherwise, you can make make donations into the general fund, um, but funds are, are needed. To take one child through the seven-month training program, it's approximately $700. And that, that is all of the races. We run one race a month for seven months. Um, it also includes a uniform, you know, insurance. We properly train them on nutrition and fuel, so we're providing many um, kids with the fueling that they need out there on the weekends, plus water Gatorade, things like that. Um, also, donations of basic running supplies, things like handheld water bottles. Um, you know, we could take gift certificates to Roadrunner Sports, who's one of our sponsors, um, things like that so we can help sponsor kids that might be in need to get some of the supplies that they need to be out there properly uniformed and trained for the marathon. Um, you know, now that we have three years under our belt, we – We've been able to get a, gain more attention from some of the major corporations, and so that's been helping. Um, but if anyone out there is looking for a great local nonprofit that they like to partner with and help build on this, um, you know, we can take you step-by-step step through that. And we're always looking for volunteers. We're at a lot of events. Once a month we're out at races, and, and it makes us uh, – the races like to support us more when we can come and bring volunteers out to that event to help support the teams. So you can always email and let us know if you'd like to be on our volunteer list to come out and help work some aid stations while we're out there running. What do you see the future for We Rock being? I mean, you've started it now. You've got several years under the belt. You're growing the organization. What is your vision for this organization in Orange County? My vision is that, first off, we're on every middle school campus in Orange County. And we'd like to be an after-school program where kids want to come and just run with us after school without the races, that they can come, we can meet, we can enjoy being outside, feeling the air on our face, running off some of that aggression from the day, working our core and talking about health and wellness. And then if they're out there and they're running with us, maybe the next year they decide to actually join the marathon program and challenge themselves to train for the race. But I'd like to be able to open it up for more kids to just be able to come out and join as a safe place to be, become physically fit, and become more aware of the healthy ways to take care of our bodies. 
And then after the middle schools, then I'd like to be on every high school campus as well. But we'll start with the middle schools. I can't even imagine how many middle schools there are throughout Orange County. That number is probably a staggering number. So the that's a that's a big goal, and I think it's a worthy goal, certainly, for you to have. And hopefully, with time, you'll be able to achieve and exceed that goal. You know, I have to think with so much obesity and overweight and sedentary challenges that we have for our kids, a program like yours where you can spark a love of running at a, at a relatively early age, sort of not unlike it happened in your life, but could really be transformative for those children as they go through high school and then college and maybe for the rest of their life. I mean, that's probably one of the powers of your program. Absolutely. And you know what else is interesting is that when you, when you look at youth sports, they're almost all competitive. And you might have a child that has a love for the outdoors or an infinity for being fit, but they don't fit into the normal, the paradigm of normal everyday sports. If they go out and play soccer and they're not competitive, if they don't have that drive, if they're not the good goal kicker, or if they might be cast aside. They might be made fun of. And in our program, because we're non-competitive, it really caters to all different types of children. If they have that drive and they want to race and they want to go run fast and they want to win the medal in their age category, do it. The slow kid in the back, they have no effect on the, the race for that child. It's so individual. So the kids really embrace that, and you'll have one of the speediest kids go finish his race, win, come back and wait for the very last child to come in and run them in. So you find that the bonding of these kids is much greater than you might find in some other sports, not to mention the fact that if you get those kids that are a little bit timid, you bring them out, you show them that the goal is only in their own head and they can create it, and you build up their confidence, you might find a competitive child just underneath those layers. And so we really work on pulling back those layers and building up the self-confidence so that they can take those lessons out into the world and do whatever they want. Anything is possible. And middle school is, uh, my children are now tw- in their 20s, but I remember middle school, and I think for both of them, one's a, one's a boy and one's a girl, it was a challenging time. It's an awkward, difficult uh, time for a lot of kids. And to, have an, to find something like this that is an interest that they can do and they can achieve success, I think can help them in so many other areas of their middle school time that launches them successfully in, into their high school experience. Absolutely. We see that all the time. My son, our son, uh, ran in high school for the cross-country team. And I tell every parent who has younger children, if, if your kids can, get them into distance running because, one, I think the camaraderie of, of cross-country is unbelievable, um, how they support each other and how they support other teams. I mean, they're competitive, but it, it's very healthy, I thought. And right. the kind of people that do that, they they have a certain discipline about their approach to life. It, you can't just be a distance runner and be an undisciplined person in the rest of your life. It doesn't seem to work that way from my experience with my son. The running community is just a beautiful community to be involved in. I feel lucky every day that this is what this is what I do. Um, and you're right. If you're disciplined here, it definitely carries over into the rest of your life. You, you, if you, you don't flakily train for a marathon. You know, you, you put in the work, you put in the time, and you go out there and you do the distance. There's something to be said for that. And later in life, when the, I have to believe when some of these children are facing really intense challenges, the fact that they learn to 
compete and successfully complete a marathon may give them that spark of confidence to get them through challenging times later in their life. I just think what you're doing is amazingly good, and I'd love to see you build this program throughout Orange County. Well, thank you. How does someone learn more about We Rock? Well, we are on the web. You can find us at um, werunockids.org. Um, we also have a Facebook, so if you go onto our website, you can like us directly from our website. And, um, of course, we have our corporate number, which is 949-309-3055. Andrea, thank you for taking time out of what I know is a busy day because you're, you're, you're working a full-time job, you're doing this, you have a family. It's, um, uh, you're to be commended for making this much commitment to this program and continued success. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the community of Critical Mass. Thank you so much, Rick. Have a good day. You too. All right. Amazing program, ladies and gentlemen. We were, we're lucky to have it in its early, her and the, and the organization in their early stages, three years in. I really believe in, and I, again, speak to the audience saying, if you have children and you can get them into long distance running, I don't think you're going to regret it, especially in a professional program where they teach them how to run so they're, they're not injuring themselves. They're actually excelling. It's an amazing transformative experience for children. This show is brought to you by Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. Our producer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our marketing communications manager, Kelly Faltis, and our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about critical mass for business and the work that we do here with CEO peer groups, executive coaching, and the other programs that we offer, we bring the power of peer learning to the business world. Find us at criticalmassforbusiness.com. So until the next time we have a chance to talk, this is Rick Franzi saying, I hope that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, nonprofit show, only on OCTalkRadio.net.